When it comes down to it, we all want the brand we're building to be a household name. On the Whole Brand Podcast, we unpack the four key elements that create a whole brand. Your internal culture, your customer engagement, your marketing and messaging, and your visual identity, and they all start with your why. Each week, we cover one of the key elements with a brand leader, unpacking their why and what we can learn from where they are today. Together, let's make your brand a household name. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Awesome. So yeah. I wanted to take a second here and just start off and, and tell us a little about the history of Skazma. I'd love to hear a little bit about how the name came to be um, and then just kind of what what the companies looked like from when you started till now. Uh, Skazma is my family. It's uh, Shonda, Kevin, Amber, Zach, Melinda, and Aiden. Uh, first two of my parents. My sister's mixed in there. And then it's myself, my wife, and my son. That's the name. Um at times it's been great, and at times we, you know, could have used a different name as we've grown. But uh, it is what it is, and uh, it's it's brought us notoriety in our community. Um, as far as the story of how we got started, where we're at, all that stuff, my sister worked at a sport, small independent sporting goods store called The Playoff uh, in high school, and the owner said she wanted to sell. And my sister went to my father, who owned another business in a different industry at the time, and said, hey, Dad, you want to buy the local soccer store? He said, absolutely not. <laughs> and a year later, they settled, and she said that uh, he he paid too little, and he said he paid too much, and so I called it the perfect business deal. I was working in a, in business, or I was working in banking at the time, and uh, I called Dad two o'clock in the morning, and said, "Hey, are you still buying that sporting goods store? I I want to run it because I know you can't afford to leave your job and do it." And uh, we moved down, started running a sporting goods store. Within a year or two, I realized that we needed to be a screen printing company. Uh, it took me about 10 years to convince Kevin to uh, close the playoff or sell off that that portion of the business, and we became Skazma Custom Apparel. Uh, we were doing uniforms the whole time and, and screen printing, but it was a lot more sport-focused. And uh, in 2010, we launched Skazma Custom Apparel, and... Uh, closed down the playoff and opened a showroom there and that's what it's been since and it's just been continual growth and good time since that's awesome so i mean that's that's just a great story with i mean essentially pivoting business as you go through it i mean not not sitting there staying stagnant going well we've been doing this and we bought this thing so we got to keep doing this thing but choosing to go yeah i think there's there's something else over here and that's that's just fun to hear. <laughs> Got to recognize trends in the market and yeah. what you're doing. So, uh, obviously, you guys are located in Longmont and do a lot of work in the Longmont area. Where do you guys do business outside of Longmont? Uh, we've gone as far as Africa. Uh, <laughs> we've done stuff down in Texas. Um, we've kind of kind of done work in quite a few different states, but really northern Colorado is kind of the home of Skazma. Anything from Fort Collins down to North Denver, um, mountains all the way out to... Oh, I think we've gone as far as Eaton out there. So, so you guys bought the business. You you came through and you pivoted the business into what Skazma is today. What was that thought process like when you were looking at it? What made you go? You know what? I I think we need to do something different than what we purchased. Um, when we originally purchased Skazma and the sporting goods store, there was no Dick's sporting goods store in Longmont or larger entity there was there was largely just us uh sports authority did exist and closed down uh not too long after that and so we kind of had 
the the market to ourselves and we really tried not to play we played in soccer hockey and volleyball um and it was good but retail just isn't a business that i really want to be in the percentages are a little bit different um and and you really got to move through product and the way the tax code works with having um retail goods um if anybody wants to look into that it's a fun one um but it basically counts as profit so we were if we had a hundred thousand dollars in goods we were paying forty thousand dollars in taxes on those goods um and with screen printing the wholesalers in large part house our goods for us so we don't show inventory and allowed us to change that dynamic and when dicks did come on board in longmont provided an awesome uh, resource to the community, but definitely took a chunk out of us. The other thing we saw is with the invention of online shopping or the progression of online shopping, a lot of people uh, were coming in, sizing in shoes in our shop, and then turning around trying to buy them online. Um, and it just it deflated the margin in what we were doing. So we, we saw uh, a different margin or a more protected margin, should we say, through the promotional product arena. That's awesome. I think that's, you know, especially coming out of the pandemic now, like that thought process of just going, okay, what does competition look like? What is the margin we can actually make on this? And what's something that we already have a general knowledge in that we can easily move over to that's going to come out on top? You know, that that profit or that process of, of a pivot like that, I think there's so many of us who think this is the way we've done it. This is the way it has to go. Uh, we may not like it, but that's the direction we're going. Uh, how did that, when you guys first started the screen printing piece, was there like a sense of relief of like, oh, okay, we're out of that retail side of things? Or was it like, oh, well, let's figure out now how is this going to go? Well, we'd grown to uh, roughly a million dollar business at that point. And when I was speaking, uh, me and my father run that business together. And so when I was speaking with Kevin, my father, about that, uh, I told him that we could close the playoff uh, at the time. And we would lose three hundred to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of total revenue, but instantly become more profitable because we wouldn't be paying the taxes and have the overhead of ordering in the retail goods at that time. So um, the other aspect of it for me was how do I differentiate myself? I know that's something you and I have talked about: is how do you in any market differentiate yourself from your competitors? Yeah. For me personally, I could differentiate myself in screen printing in the retail market. It was a lot harder and more challenging to do that with so many retailers out there. Yeah. Eventually in retail, it just becomes a race to the bottom on price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and, you know, it's all quantity, quantity, quantity. I, I want zero parts of it. So obviously with screen printing uh, and, and all the products you guys create, uh, someone's got to have a logo or they have to have some text or something they want uh, to print on on the apparel or the products. Uh, what are some of the keys you see to good-looking branding? Obviously, a brand is way more than just a visual representation, but there is a lot of you know importance put on that logo. Sure. Uh, what are the things that you see that are really the keys in creating uh, a visual brand uh, that stands out? Well, I think one of the big keys for me is is I ask people, what's your brand strategy? Um, a lot of times I get a blank look back, <laughs> and uh, what, do you, what do you mean? This is just a logo. I just want this put on something. But what's your brand strategy? Uh, what markets are you in? Uh, who's your audience? And what story are you trying to tell? Those are those are big ones that I try to get people to give me the answer to. It helps me be able to maybe progress their brand forward. Um, something that, that I've looked into a lot when our clients come through the door is inconsistent branding. 
how do how do we make sure that it's being used consistent? Because somebody might come in and they want an indigo blue shirt, but their company color is an indigo blue. So how can we, you know, effectively take their logo and progress their brand forward? Um, that's some of the stuff that we try to look at and try to talk to people about. Awesome. When you when you think about colors, what are some of the things? Obviously, colors need to match. But are there anything like? I don't know if you're big into color psychology or any of that kind of stuff. Like, is there anything that you're like, hey, these are colors based on what you do that fit your industry well, fit your mission well? Are there any kind of tips when it comes to picking colors like that? I personally, I know a lot of people are big into into that. And you can go into our back room and we literally have thousands of different colored ink and it's all up on a shelf and it, it looks super cool. Um, but I think it depends on the industry. It depends on uh, who you are as a person sometimes, if you're the owner of that business, kind of what, what you're representing or what you want to represent. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people big into color psychology. I personally, I would say people need to do their own research and find out what it means to them. I, I've never been a big color psycho psychology guy when I was in the retail market, how things were presented, what colors I had. Um, I had green turf where our soccer cleats were, uh, you know, a lot of different psychology behind green. And uh, I bought into temperatures of the room and <laughs> people's buying temperature and all these different things from a sales perspective. But I think when it comes to your logo, you kind of need to research that yourself a little bit. Um, I don't I don't necessarily have a one size fits all approach to the color psychology wheel. Yeah, oh, totally. And I think, you know, it's one of those we tell people all the time is we're helping them with branding and, and this kind of stuff is that when it comes to a logo, like, your logo is going to take on who your brand actually is. Yeah. And so if you feel good about it, it that's what really matters because it's going to take on, it's going to represent who your brand is if you're actually presenting your brand well, you know, in all the other facets of customer service and uh, product quality and all, all of those kinds of things too. And so I think I think you're spot on there with the idea of there's a place for color psychology. And I think it's a great place for, to, for people to start to when they, when they don't have an idea and they say, I have no clue where to start here. It's a great place to go here take a look at this and here's some feeling words around those colors. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think you're spot on with that. I think we, a lot of times when we're designing for a customer, we design in black and white. And if your logo works in black and white or in grayscale, uh, you should be able to apply color to it and figure out your color psychology. I think that if you start with color first, a lot of times you're confusing the process and not understanding really where you should go first. I think that the uh, the font, the overall feel, and the story that you're telling is a lot more important than the color of your logo. Oh, I think that that's a great tip. That's really so. good. You know, we deal with marketing every day, and we deal with across industries all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things, eventually someone always asks, hey, can we get some T-shirts? Hey, should we get some hats? Should we get, you know, whatever it is? Um, and there, I think there's absolute value in the brand awareness and those things like that. What are some of the um, kind of stats around – uh, promotional products, branded apparel that um, you've seen and and even just experience with the people that uh, that you guys work with. Um, I made some notes on this, uh, but one of the big ones that just comes to mind for me is eighty three percent of people are more likely to do business with your company if given a promotional product. Um, that number in itself is pretty staggering. So uh, for me. You know, whether it's a pen, a notepad, a, a cup, it doesn't matter. That's kind of some of the trinkety stuff, getting up into higher end stuff, into jackets and some corporate gifting stuff. You can increase those statistics, but it's pretty amazing what some of the promotional stuff will do for you. Um, nine out of 10 people recall company's name or logo on the promotional product that they've received. 
Um, I know, again, you and I have had lots of conversations yeah. over the years, but uh, how many times somebody sees your logo is, is vital. And so it's just another way to get your logo into their hands, maybe remind them to do business with you. Um, so those are, those are a couple. 79% um, of consumers, uh, they research the brand that they're given. So if they received a promotional product from you, 79% of those products that you hand out, somebody at one point in time is going to go out and maybe ping your website or uh, do some amount of research into you and your organization. So uh, a lot of huge statistic, a lot bigger numbers than most people realize when it comes to promotional products. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, that idea of brand awareness and, and keeping your brand at the top of people's mind is key in that. You know, it's that idea of, I remember the first time we ever did business with you, you know, you gave us a pen and, and a, a notepad uh, that just came with our hats and, and we went in and I still have that notepad on my, I use it every single day and I'm constantly like, it's useful. It's something I want. And I'm looking at your logo <laughs> every day while I'm working. You know, it's the perfect example yeah. Um, and I think especially when you think about, um, you know, we think about from the sales marketing side of things, when you think about like a cold sale, you know, obviously customized gifts are great for, for people and building a long-term relationship. But that idea of like, you've never talked to this person, you never done anything and you hand them something that's useful to them. And, you know, it's exactly, you know, that's yeah. that from that point, it's like, okay, well, I'll go look into these guys. I'll check this stuff out. Um, yeah, I think th those are, those are, are great stats in there. Um, what are some of the kind of major products you guys recommend for people? So, and obviously I'm sure it depends on industry. It depends on all sorts of things, but what are, you know, what are some of your top sellers essentially? Um, you know, a big success story for us is, is that notepad that you were talking about. I send our sales reps out with notepads. They go in all of our boxes and uh, we do a lot of institutional work with schools and I love going into schools or business offices and, there's our notepad and there's our pen and there's 15 different notes that it is impossible for that person not to see our logo. So um, notepads are a huge one for me. I literally have had people walk back through the door. Hey, uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't need t-shirts, but uh, what's the possibility of getting a notepad from you? <laughs> Those notepads were great. And I know it seems silly, but just the right size notepad too. You don't want something too big, not too small. Um, and you want to be able to write on it, but still have your branding on it. So uh, notepads are a big one. Pins are a big one. Um, our big, biggest success story is a cell phone wallet. Um, we do a silicone cell phone wallet that goes on the back of your cell phone and you just stick it on there. You can put a debit card and a license in there. You can put some business cards in there, but our particular cell phone wallets, you can push uh, a little strip that's on them and it curls like the old wristbands from the eighties that you'd snap on your wrist, like a snap <laughs> bracelet and it creates a kickstand for your phone. So a lot of people use them on their phones or their oh, tablets. Wow. Um, and I've had more people return into our particular business to pick those up off the counter. Um, Hey, my, my cell phone wallet kickstand broke, or uh, I ripped, I ripped the silicone or whatever the case may be. I had this for two years. I need another one. And for me, they set their cell phone down at dinner. They set it down. Anybody who's watching them hold that cell phone, they're seeing our marketing. So, uh, those are some of the bigger cheap ones. Um, but there are other, other products out there in the market. Um, most popular is apparel. 28% of the market is apparel. Yeah. And that's what we specialize in. So um, as much as I talk about these other things, it's really T-shirts, hats, uh, jackets, that type of stuff. 
That's awesome. You know, I know, I remember the first time we met, I had just launched my business and I walked into your door and said, hey, uh, would you be willing to trade a video for some apparel? And your eyes lit up. I mean, it was like, yeah. I had already been told no by one other company. <laughs> so I was timid <laughs> and walked in and, uh, and you went, yeah, absolutely. Let's yep. do it. Let's make it happen. Yep. And and you walked me through the whole process. You walked me through, you know, this is the materials I'd look at. This is how your colors work. This is all that kind of stuff. Um, and we ended up with, you know, jackets and vests and polos and hats and the whole nine yards uh, that really served us well until we had to rebrand. <laughs> 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 and then we restarted. But uh, of all those products, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you guys sell a lot of just T-shirts for events, family reunions, that kind of stuff. Uh, but what are some of those apparel products that that people are just like this is this has really helped our business? Hats are a big one. Hats kind of dominate that industry to some level. Uh, it is a little more male driven. Uh, we have seen some fem more female options come out uh, in recent years, which has been nice. But you don't have to have somebody's size. You can give them a snapback hat, and they're just appreciative to have that hat in most cases. Um, another really really popular uh, I it's up there in the percentages is drinkware, um, cups, mugs, water bottles, especially insulated water bottles. Yeah. Um, any of that stuff, those ones are, those, those are the products that we see because not everybody, you're not going to know everybody's t-shirt size. So if you're trying to give t-shirts out to your customers or something, you got to order uh, a large average and hope for the best. Whereas yeah. some of these other products you can get into that you don't have to worry about that size thing. That's a great uh, a great thing to think about there too is when, when people are ordering products, if it is just for general giveaway, what are the things you're not going to end up eating cost on? You know, yep. you've got 15 extra small t-shirts in the back because uh, you went to the fried chicken convention and you shouldn't have ordered that size of shirt. You know, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. We uh, always talk about um, the idea in marketing. Your best marketing dollars are always word of mouth. Because yep. chances are, if you can get people talking about you and continuing to talk about you, that's going to pay off way more than any Facebook ad uh, or pay-per-click campaign that you ever uh, put out there. Um, and so there's some stats around uh, uh, gifting that, Zach, uh, you have here that uh, I think really speak to what we're going to talk about in this. So go ahead and, and, uh, and give us some of those stats there. So I found quite a bit of information out on Forbes regarding this, but uh, there's not been a better time than through the pandemic to really look at some of these stats. It was super important through the pandemic to look at corporate gifting, how it's done, uh, what it's about. But some of the stats that I have, $242 billion was spent on corporate gifting. That's with a um, B, yeah, billion. Yeah, big money. 60-40 um, was kind of the rule. And that's 60% uh, is external gifting, 40% is internal gifting. So clients versus employees. Clients versus employees and kind of how we're motivating everybody, not just motivating. We think of corporate gifting and a lot of times it's out of office, but also can we get that salesperson back in, in, in the office motivated, ready to rock and roll. So um, there's some of that as well. The sweet spot uh, we found dollar volume wise was 70 to $100, but the higher you go and the more intention you show with your gifting um, in knowing that person, the higher level of result you're going to receive uh, from that. So uh, the chief among the benefits gained uh, was making the recipient feel valued. It, you know, 45% of people that receive a corporate gift just they don't care about what it is. They just feel that that person cares about them. Uh, you're creating that partnership. And I know at Scasma, we really, really, really push the word partnership, whether it's with an employee, whether it's with a marketing company, whether it's with a client uh, partnership. And so how do you how do you create a partnership 
relationship versus just a vendor client relationship. A lot of times it's showing that you care, showing that you know that person. So uh, that was some of the some of the stuff there. Uh, 43% again, same, same number, but improved customer loyalty. Uh, and then there was, uh, it, it helped 41% of the time in employee retention, like you mentioned. So, uh, just a, just a lot of, st- a lot of stats there, a lot of numbers, but, uh, a lot of proven numbers to be able to help you in your business. Uh, for me personally, just, just make sure that you know that person, uh, we mentioned in another podcast that uh, having the size or not having the size in general promotional products is one thing, but it's so easy to call a secretary or call a person and be able to get that size of that person and get them a jacket or get them something that you can show they really that you really care about them. Um, so a sized piece is always a good thing too. Absolutely. That's, you know, we subscribe to uh, this methodology called Giftology. There's a guy named John Ruland who wrote a book called Giftology, and it's essentially all about how you create a strategy around corporate gifting. Um, and that idea you just spoke to right there of getting that, uh, getting that information uh, is the first piece. You know, it's one of those where so many times people just say, hey, I'm going to get uh, a bunch of polo shirts made with my company's logo on it, and I'm going to send it to all the people I hope to do business with uh, when chances are they got that exact same polo with someone else's logo last year and they haven't worn Lame. it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so I think that's something we, we spoke to in a previous podcast too, that idea of, of kind of cold cell gifting versus building relationships. You know, that idea of you go to a conference and you're handing out pens or shirts or whatever, that's the place where you put your logo on it, you get it in people's hands. But when you're building that partnership, that is where you, you get the intentionality. It's you know, what, what is this person like? Uh, what does this person do? Uh, who are the people in this person's inner circle? One of the things they talk about in the giftology book is the idea. If you take care of the family, you take care of the person. And so he talks about, um, these ideas of like, they, they hand out a lot of custom knife sets. That's their, their big thing. Uh, but what they do a lot of times, they address the knife set to the person's wife. Sure. And so you're not necessarily gifting to that particular CEO, but you're gifting to their family. And that creates more of, of a talk trigger in that uh, than anything else. And so now yeah. you have a set of knives that shows up at every fancy dinner and they're gathered around the table. And they're talking about how this guy sent our family these knives and we use them every single day. Love um, it. Yeah. And so, oh, go ahead. I think that you had told me a story about a piece of beechwood or something at one point that you had a story about somebody did an engraving for an alma mater and how that gift was given. And that was just an incredible story to me that I've remembered. So, yeah, it's, uh, and it, that's from the, the giftology book as well, actually. So okay. it's, uh, it's John Rulin was, I believe the story uh, is he was trying to get a meeting with someone at Target, uh, and they're very high up uh, executive. They've been trying to get a meeting for a long time, uh, and guy just wasn't having it. And so they ended up uh, taking a piece of beech wood and having the guy's uh, alma mater fight song burned into the wood and FedEx to his office. Uh, and they got a call from his secretary saying, hey, you have one hour on this day, get there. And Fantastic. They, they got the meeting. We recently had this same thing where we had a similar story recently of, of a potential client of ours uh, and really just someone we've developed a great relationship with where find out the guy's very interested in golf, 
and uh, and lives on a golf course. Uh, and then also there's a local coffee shop that uh, makes a blend of coffee that was the name of his company. And so what we ended up doing is we got uh, custom uh, ball markers and divot diggers made with his name and his company's logo on it. Uh, Fancy. Paired that with uh, a pound of the coffee from that coffee roaster, a handwritten note uh, in there just saying, hey, hoping your week start out uh, really well. Uh, can't wait till we see each other again. We mailed it to him on a random Tuesday. Uh, and and we got a call very shortly after of him coming in and, and asking us to come in and, and bid a video project for him. Awesome. Uh, and it's one of those where our intent with that was not necessarily to get business. Our intent was to continue to build a relationship, continue to make someone feel valued, whether they did business with us or not. Sure. Um, and, you know, some big keys in all of that is the idea of, like, obviously you guys make a lot of custom stuff. Yeah. And most of the time people come in, they need shirts. You know, there's order minimums. There's all these kind of things. Uh, but what people don't realize is that, if you're willing to pay a little bit extra, you can get something so much more. I know you guys sell Carhartt jackets, um, yep. and especially around the landscaping Big company. corporate gift arena. Yeah, and, and it's one of those, if someone comes in, they just need one jacket, they're going to pay significantly more to get one jacket printed or embroidered. But that one piece is going to basically tenfold return on that. Yeah, that partnership, that return from that customer is just going to be amazing. And so it's one of the one of the key rules um, that we, we lay out in in corporate gifting. We're talking about it with people, and and when we're kind of helping people walk through the giftology uh, method, is really the idea of at minimum, if you don't have a budget for gifting, a handwritten note goes a long way. Actually, yeah. writing something, mailing it, and whether you are giving a big gift or not, the handwritten note should always be there. You know, and I've got terrible handwriting, so I've had to have my wife write my handwritten notes so that they can read it. <laughs> Uh, but it's that idea of the handwritten note. The next piece is personalization. It's that idea of don't send them a hat with your logo, send them a hat with their logo, send them something with their name on it. Um, and, and that's something obviously you guys do. Um, well, and, and I have a, a little story about that. Uh, we brought up golden van lines and another one, a uh, good customer of ours. And, uh, I'm going to use his name, Rodney Box, uh, is their operations guy down there and quality control manager. Uh, he's become a personal friend of mine uh, outside of business, uh, in large part due to what we're talking about. And uh, Rodney likes to hike 14ers, and he grew up some years in Taiwan, and he still has friends over there. And so him and a buddy over there, uh, he's here in Colorado. And he has a buddy in Taiwan, and they're going to switch part. They're going to switch uh, customers, and he's going to guide Taiwanese folks here uh, up 14ers, and his partner over there is going to guide people through Taiwan and uh, outdoor stuff there. And Rodney didn't have a logo, didn't have anything for that business, but just had an idea of doing this. And so uh, me having a little bit of a graphic design background, created a modern simplistic logo, embroidered it on a nice backpack for him on a nice hoodie, packable hoodie that he could wear uh, out in the field. And that meant more than any of the corporate gifts. He works for somebody. And that gift was very personal to Rodney. It was an RB turned into a mountain. And that meant more than giving him a golden van lines deal, even though I've done that before. And that's been great. This one just was above and beyond for him. And, and he loved it. So, uh, yeah, that personal touch, man, anything that you can, you can do, it, it just provides another level of security for, for your business with that person a lot of times. Absolutely. And I think that's why that, that word partnership, you yep. know, lots of people say that, but it, the proof's in the pudding. You know, it's the idea of 
how many people are getting to know people on a level that allows you to give a gift that's that meaningful. Yeah. You know, if you don't spend the time talking, you don't spend the time caring. That's and that's the difference between giving a gift to seek a return versus giving a gift to seek the friendship. Yep. And not that you're going to be best friends every week hanging out kind of thing, but it's the idea of, "Hey, I value your time." You know, we think about it all the time where it's like even if someone doesn't give us business, their time is worth way more than their business is most of the time. You talk about a CEO of a company, and their time is worth anywhere from two hundred and fifty to five thousand dollars an hour, and they give you thirty minutes of your time. Yeah. The least you could do is is show them how much you valued that yep. experience. Uh, yeah, I think I think that, that I like, partnership is, pe- is I key. I like the handwritten approach that you're talking about, uh, and I also hand deliver a lot of the stuff that we create out of the shop. Uh, if I'm if I'm gifting anything to anybody, uh, there are creative ways uh, to deliver stuff like you're talking about. I. I personally really like that handwritten note. Uh, I'm with you. My handwriting's terrible, but <laughs> I, I still do it. And uh, walk it in, make sure I shake that person's hand, say, here's here's something for you. Open that up after I take off. And uh, I almost always get an email, a phone call, or something, a, a thank you in return. So, Absolutely. What are some of the – I mean, obviously, that was a, a huge success story sure. of something you did. Have you seen any uh, any other things that Scasma has done, or people have approached uh, Scasma for? Um, you know, we get all kinds of stuff in that arena. I would say that embroidery probably is the bigger one. It it uh, has a higher value to folks. Uh, it just it has a little bit of prestige to it. Uh, hand again, that size thing. Sometimes not being able to get that size or know that size. Um, hand towel set. I know it seems cheesy. But if you can make a monogram for that person and you put a monogram on a towel set, they're going to they're going to want to use those towels versus regular plain towels they have at home. And they're going to they're going to wake up. They're going to go do their, you know, shower or or shave or whatever the case may be. And they're going to have that monogram. And anytime they pick that up, they're going to think about you and and your business and your relationship, that partnership. Uh, So that's a big one that I like. The jacket ones are another one I like. you know, even events too. One instance was for Rock Solid Landscaping, and they did a, an event at uh, Top Golf, and they they rented two bays, and they just in, it was just random. It wasn't for anything. It was just to say thanks. It, it you know they rented two bays, had food catered, and then gave us all Yeti can holders to hold our uh, you know libations while we were there, <laughs> and we were able to take those with us, and I. St- you know, I'm in the promotional arena, and I still have that stinking can holder. It had a <laughs> rather than having a, a big gaudy logo on it, it, had a cool Colorado mountain scene with just a little bitty RSL uh, on there, and and that one was super neat. Yeah, and I think one of the cool things about that too is that they're a customer of yours. They spend their money on you, and they were interested in that partnership enough to go. Even though I'm the one handing these guys money, I'm gifting them something. I'm yeah. I'm building that relationship with them, uh, and you know, once again, that's that that's that word of mouth. I mean, you're you're sitting here telling the story about someone who buys stuff from you. Said, "Hey, come on and and come to this event, and we're going to take care of you." And and how many times does that come up in conversation? And then inevitably giving them business because you mentioned their well it seems silly but it makes me try harder for them it makes you know when they say hey what's the best value or can we get new product or can you get inventive with what we're doing it makes me want to go that extra mile for them so uh yet again partnership 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 absolutely 
So I think the biggest things taken away from this are handwritten note is always the best thing you can start with. Very personal. Uh, making sure that your gifts are personalized and customized to that person, their interests, their family, the things that they, they want to do that. Having the heart of partnership, I think, is our biggest takeaway in this, is that idea of what you're doing is not uh, going tit for tat. You're not trading money here. You are trying to build a partnership and a friendship with someone so that you both have success in the end. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then I think one of the things uh, that is important to talk about when it comes to corporate gifting is that idea of uh, of surprise and delight. Um, one of the biggest rules that Giftology talks about and that we've always, even before Giftology, we, we really got into the idea of giving someone a gift because you got a sale isn't a special thing. Giving someone a gift because it's Christmas isn't necessarily a special thing. We've done those Christmas gifts. We've what handed those things out. Birthday, same thing. <laughs> Uh, but so it's that idea of showing someone that you value them enough to obviously customize, personalize what they're doing, and then just giving it to them for the sake of giving it to them. Yeah. Not when it's expected, not when it uh, you know is just the time of the year or whatever it is. Uh, one of the things we you know, and obviously we broke this with the, the, the this rule a little bit with the coffee story too. But it's that idea of giving something that's valuable and lasting. You know, food and alcohol and all those things they go away really quickly, and then what? They're not talking about the bottle of bourbon anymore, you know. I thought there was a neat. There is a neat idea on the bottle of bourbon. Is you can actually get somebody to laser etch somebody's monogram initial or logo onto a bottle. That bottle might stick around. That that's creative. Right and there. so, but that's that next step you're talking about. Yeah. That's that. Sh- it's not just going down to the liquor store and buying a bottle of wine and saying, "Here you go." It's taking the time out of your day to give to that person. Time is the one thing nobody can get back. That's the truth. And if you give moments of your time to that person, they're going to realize that and you're going to get effort back. Gifting uh, in order to get is not what you're going for here. Gifting in order to build relationship. Uh, And you're going to see a return on your business in this uh, way more than you're just going to see a standard dinner out or uh, another one of your own company hats going out to somebody. Uh, you're going to see the return on this. And so it's worth developing this kind of strategy. Uh, thank you, Zach, uh, for, for joining you. us here. And, uh, you know, Scasma Custom Apparels in Longmont, they can uh, absolutely get you guys any of these customized products. They can get you stuff for internal uh, gifting for your employees or uh, even just the products to, uh, to to have branded products really helps rally your team. Uh, and so we've seen that on our team. We've seen that with plenty of our customers. And so, Zach, thanks for joining us. And uh, be sure to check out ScasmaCustomApparel.com. Thank you for listening to the Whole Brand Podcast. We hope you got a lot out of today's conversation. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources and takeaways from today's content. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a comment so other people can find the Whole Brand Podcast. Together, let's make our brands a household name.